This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, welcome to the show, Gearheads. It's John Massengill sitting in studio with Les Kaiser and Jonathan oh, Green. Oh, yeah. So the Italian Grand Prix today. Si. Bene. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen on pole and did not win the race, unfortunately. Came close. He came close, came in second, and it was a fun race to watch with Kimi Raikkonen up front today. You know, 38-year-old. Yeah, I can say, bottom line, he still got it. He still got it, absolutely. And if you're Ferrari, okay, what do you do, boss of Ferrari? I keep him. Why? Why change it? Uh, Vettel's your man. That's fine. Um, yeah, there's new blood to be had. But Ferrari have got junior teams, uh, effectively. Uh, it puts more pressure on Grosjean because, effectively, Haas is a junior team. So if Ferrari want to start messing with um, uh, Charles Leclerc, um, you know, and maybe giving him a, a bigger and better opportunity. Um, but I don't see... Uh, you know, then the dominoes could fall, though, if Kimmy decides himself. I think Kimmy's going to decide what he wants to do. And he said in a press conference earlier this weekend, while I'm still fast, I'm still happy driving. I wouldn't be here. And they said, well, what, what you know, do you still enjoy it? And he goes, I enjoy the racing, which has always been the case. He doesn't like the media. He doesn't like talking, clearly. Um, and he doesn't really like all, all of what goes with Formula One. Um, but he does enjoy racing, pure and utter racing. Uh, and Formula One is his best out, uh, you know, outlet for that. All right, well, I want to hear what you say, Les. Well, let me run down the, the order today. Lewis Hamilton won the race. Kimi Räikkönen in second. Max Verstappen third after his little tussle with Valtteri Botas. And then, so despite his five seconds, he still got third. Yeah, you know what? I need to confirm that, actually. Okay. So, uh, but let me run down the rest. Sebastian Vettel, Roman Grosjean in sixth for the Haas F1 team. And for the Force India team, seven and eight, Esteban Ocon, Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz in ninth, Lance Stroll in 10, Sergei Sorotkin, Charles or Charles Leclerc, Sebast- uh, Spaffel Van Dorn, Nico Hulkenberg, Pierre Gasly, Marcus Erickson, and Kevin Magnussen after a little run-in with Sergio Perez ended up 17th. And then, of course, Daniel Ricciardo, Fernando Alonso, and Brendan Hartley did not finish the race for various and sundry problems. Some there you go. An- internal, some external Unless you were going to talk about Raikkonen. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Here's what I think Raikkonen is doing. You know, uh, all the points that you made, He he's not a big in-your-face personality. He doesn't want to be. He just wants to race. Yep. Let, let me race. Let and me he's do quick. my job. He proves that he's plenty quick. And honestly, as a team guy, when you have, you know, uh, uh, somebody, a sub, in first, you know, being your number one driver, hey, Go with it. Hey, and I've got a driver that's okay with being number two, and he delivers. He doesn't want the camera in his face, and he doesn't want all the airtime. All right, I'm good with that. He can still deliver. Well, and this year is an important year. Uh, currently, Raikkonen is third and maybe out of the title fight because he's some 
what uh, Vettel's 226, Raikkonen 164. So he can't catch Vettel, I wouldn't have said. But he is only a few points ahead of Botas. And in the Constructors' Championship, he therefore has a vital role to play. So um, today's, today's podium, a very important one for both Ferrari in the Constructors' Chase and Kimi as a player in that. Yeah, and you know, one thing we had none of y'all mentioned is that look how the fans and on social yeah. and everywhere oh, else yeah, react yeah. to Kimi Raikkonen. He's, you he's know, the most popular driver out there, he's, probably. He's hugely, yeah, he or, or Ricardo maybe or Hamilton, but he's definitely one of the most popular. But he has a unique story in the fact that he is 38 years old. He is a former champion and the, the, the news of his pole position and almost winning the, the race way, was huge. I, I said it uh uh, before the race, but 10 years since his last pole position. That's uh, that's some time and pretty impressive to, to, to do that. And the oldest man, the, uh, the second oldest man after Nigel Mansell in uh, 92, I think. No, 94, when he came back to Williams. Yeah. Well, by the way, Max Verstappen did get... <laughs> did drop after he crossed the line in third before a five-second penalty, dropping behind Botas and Vettel. So that puts him in fifth after the penalty. So, yeah. So who's third? Uh, so we had, let me just run down the, the actual, the final race results. Hamilton, Raikkonen, Botas, Vettel, Verstappen, then Grosjean, and the rest of the order stayed the same. So. Okay. So, yeah, uh, I want to look at the, uh, the updated Constructors Championship uh, standings as well because the Haas F1 team, uh, with the good finish, with a sixth-place finish by Roman Grosjean and the uh, ninth-place finish by Carlos Sainz. Put some money six points behind Renault. No, 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 no. That was before. Ah, right. So That's before. They haven't updated it on the F1 I website gotcha. yet. They're I gotcha. about to, but I think they're tied. I think that puts them. Wow. Yeah, because six points, right? So Grosjean got eight points for sixth place. Sainz got two points. So that should put them tied for the Constructors' Championship. But we'll check that here in a minute. But the other stories we want to talk about today, uh, again, let's let's touch base on the Botas for Stappen. We talked about, you know, the, the, the five-second penalty. But what about the, the incident? The more I look at it, uh, the more convinced I am that Verstappen did not do any wrong in this incident. I know that corner. I, I've watched that corner for 20 years. And there are places, you, you know, that there are ways of stopping somebody coming around the outside because it is a possible overtake, as was, as was proved. Um, but Verstappen did not squeeze him out. Uh, he did not push him to the grass. Uh, and frankly, I remember when I happened, I said Botas to me, Looked as though it was a sloppy maneuver because he was in no man's land. He wasn't. He wasn't being aggressive enough to 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 to, to make the the pass. Um, but he wasn't. He was out there and therefore would have to have come back in to get around the corner. And instead, he went on, and it was only his own fault. I agree. I agree. You know, for once, we're not picking on Max over that. Uh, you know, I think it was a bad call. Max reacted poorly to that, but. Uh, that's all I've got is Max's reaction to it. He just carried on, and it was like, oh, get your head back in it, just like you were told, and finish this race. Yep. Hey, so Roman Grosjean scored points today, right? Fourth consecutive Grand Prix. Scored eight points today, so yes. We'll take him. For the Haas F1 team. Kevin Magnussen, P17, after the incident with Sergio Perez, which I think Perez should have had... I mean, look, I, I, I'm always with you, Jonathan, where I'd rather see less penalties called. 
But, I mean, that destroyed Magnuson's race. Well, what, yeah, but it's the inconsistency. To me, that was far more egregious than Verstappen. Um, and yet Verstappen, because of perhaps his history and everybody's looking at Verstappen, um, you know, gets a penalty. And frankly, Perez just came back onto the track and took Magnussen out, in my opinion. That's what it looked like. And I didn't. Get and I'm to see- not. That's not me as a Haas fan. That's me right. just watching Formula One. You know, they didn't do a lot of coverage of Grosjean today. He was sitting back there in sixth. And I, I just saw on Twitter some guy said I voted for Grosjean for driver of the day, but I didn't really see a whole lot of coverage of his of his action today. What, what do you think about his drive? Good drive, um, and and an important one. I mean, to be honest, when you look at the history books, uh, we've been we'll talk more about the silly season uh, in this post show because he's right in the middle of it if you look at the uh you know if you've been reading this week and last week uh good has been asked about Haas and uh, about Grosjean and about who he you know who he's looking at for next year uh and and Gunter wasn't closing the door on no my driver's going nowhere but at the same time I think Grosjean's helped himself with like you say the last four consistent races from what has been a terrible start to the year where he had no points at one point. I just checked the tw- a Twitter trending right after the race today and uh, Italian GP, the hashtag was about about fifth down United States wide. So that's nice. That's to pretty see. good. Yeah, it's nice to see we're still hitting the radar a little bit. And I mean, yeah, I know this is just Twitter. It's very anecdotal, but it's probably not a bad judgment of, of the fact that there's some popularity going on there. Yeah, no question. Uh, let's see what else in today's race. So what about, I, I want to touch on this at the beginning of the race with Vettel and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get your take on that. My take is, <laughs> I think Hamilton predicted it. He said, I'm going to have to do some, I'm going to have to go back to my karting days and do something similar to karting. And that's what he did. Curva de Roggia is a really tough place to overtake. It's it's almost tighter than turn one. Um, but he got himself ahead um, he kept it onto the gray part. I heard Vettel just a moment ago saying that he didn't give him any room. Uh, he did give him enough room because he wasn't... Uh, if Hamilton had been on the inside and going over the rumple strips, I would have had a, a problem with it, but he did. Right. He was on the track the whole time. He was ahead of Vettel when they literally came together. And therefore, if you if one person is ahead and the other is behind, Hamilton can't affect it. He was on his line. He did not turn in or turn left and try to force uh, Vettel off. He basically held his line, and Vettel, therefore, chose to turn into him. And so Vettel, in my opinion, was the fault of that. Yep. Yeah, hard yeah I agree. That was, it was good, clean racing. Uh, yeah, they came together. You know, Two cars like that headed into the same spot. Uh, somebody had to give way, and honestly, that's an you know that's just that example of not shoving somebody off the course, but maintaining a, a race quality line in that. How do you do that? Well, you know, you got to bluff, you got to you know puff up your chest, and occasionally you're going to bump like that, and somebody's going to lose or, or scream about it. And so I I think that was clean. I don't, I really don't see any issues there, though. Certainly, I wanted Sebastian Vettel up front of Hamilton. The closer we can keep the points, honestly, the more of a draw and attraction I think people are going to come to this sport. I agree. All right, let's, uh, I want to play the radio. I want to hear these clips again from the race with Verstappen's radio because we talked about the, we talked about the 
the uh, five second penalty. But let's let's play these clips. In fact, I want to hear them back to back. Let's play this this uh, this first clip from Verstappen's team radio. Um, he touched me on the left wheel. Yep, understood. I don't think he had left hand side tires on the grass, so you left him space. Okay, Max, we have been given a five-second penalty, so we will need to push on now. Push on. For what? Don't worry about it. Get your head down. No, don't worry about it. I gave him space. They're doing a great job in killing racing, honestly. Now, what do you think, Jonathan? I, I agree. Yeah, uh, I And too. in this instance, the, I think the stewards got it wrong. And, and I think, I don't know if they can, but I think they should appeal that. Unless, I know... I mean, this sounds kind of like uh, a little bit of the Verstappen, we, you know, the immaturity. Yeah. But his he's right. His he's right, and his drive today was absolutely mature. He did everything right today in his drive. Right, right. Except, you know, to me that was just a mental lapse. Okay, let go of it. Keep on finishing. He, uh, he in driving skills, he's shown it better. He's got better control of the car, and uh, and putting it in the right situations. Uh, a lot of fun to race. Just a lot of fun to race. Yeah. All right. So some of the other stories today, we uh, the the DNFs, you know, with uh, Ricardo and Alonzo, both mechanical, Hartley. and Hartley, of course, was a collision with uh, with one of the Saubers. Right at the start. Yeah. Yeah. He got sandwiched between two and cars. It wasn't for bad luck. He wouldn't have any. I, mean, I do fear. I know. For, I know. It's Hartley. I do fear for Hartley. I have to say. Um, I mean, is he going to be left when the music stops with wow, nothing? You know. I mean, I, it it's it looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I could really see that coming in, and but uh, honestly, if it does, where's he going to go? I could see him go back towards sports cars, where he is well known, highly respected. I can see him going to Indy. He was on the verge of going to Indy. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Well, if he you does remember, like he Austin. Was, yeah. How about, right. how about Alonzo's teammate? Oh, wow. Now there's a, there's a that's rumor. That's something we hadn't thought about. Let's start that rumor. I like that. <laughs> Alonzo and Hartley. Yeah, because obviously Hartley is great. He's a great he's, he's he's a world champion. It, yeah, exactly. In WEC. So he's proven his that he's a great driver. It isn't it so Formula One with what's happening to Hartley? Is that you yeah, can yeah. you can be a fantastic driver yeah. and just the circumstances all around you just collapse and you're just standing there going, Well, what what about me? What happened? Yeah, exactly. It's a shame. I mean there is no other sport in the world where you get, think about a pyramid. You start off with a bunch of five-year-olds, all karting, right? And around the world, you get up to about, let's say, 100,000 really good karters. Yeah, worldwide, who are all 15. And then you tell them that there are 22 seats in Formula One where they're all headed. <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts, isn't it? I mean, imagine American football if you didn't have the NFL and there was just eight teams. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one wrench into what you just said. It used to be karting, now it's gaming. Yeah, isn't that the, isn't that the truth? It's, That's exactly yeah. right. Now they're gonna compete with them as well. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break and listen to Speed City. We are live from Austin, Texas. More from the Italian Grand Prix and more. We got some some interesting stories about Austin, Texas, uh, the home of the United States Grand Prix. Coming up after the break. Back after these messages. I like it like that. 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 I like it like
World Rallycross USA makes its debut at the Circuit of the Americas on September 29th and 30th. The FIA World Rallycross Championship presented by Monster Energy features head-to-head short, sharp racing on dirt and asphalt and a mega jump to boot. Experience the thrill, spills and some of the most intense, exciting racing in motorsport. And that's not all. The stars of America's Rallycross will also be competing in their final event featuring Kenny Block, Steve Arpin, Scott Speed and many more. For ticket information, go to worldrxusa.com. WorldRxUSA. Hey beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. MB Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MB Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MB Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Felipe Massa bringing us back from the break. Felipe Massa also tweeting this week a little bit about how F1 was doing all these things for safety. You're talking about the halo, and they are, and they and they did a great job. But he was criticizing IndyCar, and I loved my favorite part of that whole conversation because it sparked a whole oh, Twitter yeah. storm, yeah. and it suddenly came to an abrupt halt. The whole the whole issue because Mario Andretti came out and said, "Yeah, Felipe, that's not true," and so. Done, dusted, settled, Mario came out and <laughs> ended the conversation. And then Mario spoke. And, exactly. Because IndyCar obviously is doing plenty about that. Hey, I want to talk about one thing that was announced, speaking of this week, is the 2019 F1 calendar came out. The draft of the calendar. Obviously, it's it's not uh, it's not finalized. But uh, let me read that here. So March 17th, Australia. No surprise there in Melbourne. March 31, Bahrain and... April 14th in China, Shanghai. April 28th, Azerbaijan. May 12th, Spain. Monaco, Canada, France, Austria, Great Britain, Germany, Hungary, Belgium. All sounds familiar so far. Italy, Singapore, Russia, Japan. And then in October. Yeah, Italy uh, Italy was a little adjustment. From there on, I think you're going to see slight adjustments. Yes. Uh, let's see. So in October, uh, on the 27th, you get Mexico. So Coda has been in October the last few years. Of course, we started in November. We started in late November. I remember it was actually cold those first. That's right. In 2012, 2013 here in Austin. And so then comes Coda, November 3rd. 
which is head-to-head with a NASCAR race up in Dallas. There's been a little chatter about that. And then Brazil and Abu Dhabi. Okay, well, here's here's my thoughts. Just looking at this calendar geographically from Russia to Japan to Mexico up to the U.S., down to Brazil, and then across to Abu Dhabi for the wrap-up. I find that sequence a bit itch- interesting to go from Mexico to U.S., then back south to Brazil. Um, I'm not sure of, of, of why. Hmm. All right. Well, if you if you think you know why, give us a call. 512-643-LIVE. We want to hear from you. 512-643-5483. We just got someone who tweeted at us. Our Twitter is at Speedcaster. And Andy P. Andy P. likes to hit us on Twitter. And he's got one for you, Jonathan. He says, yep. on, the, on the Verstappen incident, he said, I think it was the fact that the lap before where he clearly gave Botas room was shown on the broadcast that really hurt his case on the lap where they came together. It probably looked worse than it was, is what he's saying. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> He's right because I'm. I mean, it, it, like it or not, uh, the stewards don't agree with me. So uh, he has a point because there has to be some other case for uh, that action. Because on that, purely on that, I don't think he deserves the five second penalty. But you're right; there must be other circumstances that have led to that. And maybe, maybe, yeah, like you say, they might have noticed stuff. Or he might have been defended aggressively before as well, not just at that corner, but on other laps. So, yeah, there has to be a reason. And I'm sure if we talk to the stewards, they would say, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, and we think therefore. All right. Well, on that, I just gave Andy a retweet. Fair enough. <laughs> he, uh, he knows what he's talking about. What about the 2019 calendar, Jonathan? We were, Les and I were just talking about that, obviously. And any, you know, with the, uh, with the Mexico Coda swap. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested by that. Um, I don't uh, think it's. I, I think it's great for Mexico because um, it gives them, um, you know, a, a, a bite at the the championship closer to the end of the season and before the USA, which obviously has a bigger impact uh, for for this side of the world. But I don't think much much difference uh, in that respect. Uh, obviously, there's controversy because it it um, hits across the NASCAR in Dallas. Uh, but Formula One have never really thought about NASCAR, though you think that Liberty Media would be more aware, given that the company's based in Colorado and it's basically run by Americans, that they might have more thought process towards um, NASCAR. Uh, it's, it's a big playoff get, um, race in Fort Worth. Um, but, but also, um, Bobby Epstein is saying, you know, um, that he wants to see it back into the sort of more traditional October date. Um, so, you know, there's still, the, the, I think that's the controversial part, is, is that um, Cota will now cross over with NASCAR on the same weekend. Well, we'll see how that that plays out. I, I want to talk about Alonso. Today, he, yep. he didn't finish the race. And it's a it's a great segment to, I, to talk about this little clip that you've got for us, Les. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and to go back, you know, it's... Everybody's questioning what Alonzo's going to do. What's he, you know, what's really going on? Is is he still here? Has he checked out Hulkenberg? You know, I mean, everybody said different things about what's next, what Alonzo yep. is doing. So had this great interview from... I know what he is doing this week. He's yeah, testing. He's testing with Mario Andretti, with uh, Andretti Motorsports. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things that everybody's speculating well, BBC's got their own 
interview with him, direct mm-hmm. with him, so we can hear from Fernando Alonso in that BBC spot right here. I feel extremely lucky, privileged of uh, the achievements. I feel, you know, that Formula One gave me a lot and the sport gave me a lot. And I don't think too much on the downside of how many more championships I, I could have, which is true. Maybe with uh, five or seven points or something like that, I could be five times world champion. But uh, in the other hand, I could be zero world championships and uh, zero wins or zero podiums, you know, because Formula One is uh, is extremely competitive environment. So I just take the positives and uh, you know, I'm happy with, uh, with achievements. So the last five years for anyone who has been a fan of yours has been very difficult. The last year and a half with Ferrari, they weren't competitive. The last four years with McLaren weren't competitive. But your passion and commitment have been very clearly still at the top level. What's it been like being what some people would say is the best driver in one of the worst cars? Well, it was, uh, it was tough. I think um, nothing you can do. Uh, you obviously believe in, in your team and uh, in their performance and uh, in their projects. You know, maybe even if you have a, a difficult season, you still believe that uh, the following year will, will be better and, and the, the good one. And uh, it didn't happen. It didn't happen in Ferrari in the last year, and uh, it didn't happen in McLaren in these uh, last uh, four seasons. But uh, even with that, or despite that, I think we still show probably some commitment and uh, determination to, to keep fighting. At the same time, thanks to this maybe performance or lack of uh, performance, I explore different series or different categories outside Formula One. And uh, I discover uh, a beautiful thing also with the Indy 500. Or, or this year, I'm, I'm extremely lucky of winning the 24-hour Le Mans. Uh, it's true that I'm eighth in the World Championship, and I will not fight for this year's championship. But right now, in September, I think on the Formula One grid, I am right now the most successful driver mm. because I won the 24-hour of Le Mans. <laughs> Even the title contenders now, they won nothing now. Maybe in November, the, one of them will be world champion. The other or the other ones, or the, or the second one, will be a worse season than Fernando had, <laughs> you know. So maybe only one man will be happier than me in November, yeah. and uh, I'm happy for that. So you've talked about bigger challenges for you outside Formula 1. What is it that Formula 1 is lacking for you at the moment? Is it tyres you can't race on? Is it the engines you don't like? Is it the cars are too heavy? Or is it just you haven't got a winning car? What, what is it? Well, I think it's a, definitely a, a combination of things. Uh, it's not only one thing. Because I said that Formula One is too predictable, I, I also heard and, uh, and, and read you know, that uh, uh, I stopped Formula One because I'm not competitive, which is partly true. You know, if I was uh, now winning all the races, I will continue. But uh, it's true as well that I will continue maybe not having the same fun as I find somewhere else, you know, you continue because you are winning, you are a competitive man, but uh, I think Formula One is, is just um, yeah, a little bit too predictable now. Uh, only uh, two teams or two drivers uh, will win uh, Monza Grand Prix or Singapore or Abu Dhabi. The other teams, they, they will just follow the recommendations of the engineers. These cars are, are made to drive in a, a very efficient way that you need to control the batteries, the tires, everything that... Uh, um, they need to tell you from the from the garage, and uh, we see also that there are a lot of uh, B teams. Let's say that um, they just, you know, don't don't get in the way of the A team to don't disturb too much or have all the benefits. That's one thing. And um, calendar is tough. Twenty-one races, uh, most of them outside Europe. 
when I joined Formula One, I was 19 years old, full of energy. You had 16 Grand Prix, and most of them in Europe, and it was uh, a demanding life and a tough life, but uh, now it's just total dedication and full commitment to Formula One. So now with 37 years old and uh, already achieved some of, of uh, good results, I think it's, it's time for me now to, uh, to finish Formula One uh, with a good feeling, with a, a good performance and um, taking my, my own decision. Yes, Mr. Alonso. Yep, Alonso. ever the sage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, were, I, they, were they lying down in that interview? I was, I was like, what's, there's no energy in either one of those guys. What's yeah, going on? Alonzo's yeah. really laid back nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He's about to retire. All right, yeah, we they, they brought his deck chair. We got to take a break. Uh, we got uh, we got Larry back on the line. We'll get him after the break, and we're going to continue our discussion of the Italian Grand Prix. We're also going to talk a little bit about Austin and the IndyCar rumor and another project going on in Austin inside Circuit of the Americas. So stick with us through the break and listen to Speed City live from Austin. Do you want to drive a rally car? Well, you can a Dirtfish. Get behind the wheel of an all-wheel drive Subaru WRX STI or rear-wheel drive Subaru BRZ rally car at our 315-acre training facility. Learn advanced car control skills on any surface in any condition on our 12 different rally courses. Drift through corners, hammer down straightways, go fast, get sideways, and visit Dirtfish.com. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing at Decker Lake, featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Steady, Jonathan. Steady. <laughs> Jenny I love Gow. Jenny Gow's voice. She's so enthusiastic. It's good. It's good work. <laughs> You've got a crush on her. All right. All right. I'm really excited. We, in just a minute or two, we're going to have the winner of the IndyCar race today. And not only what a race. What a yeah. I started off with that crazy dust storm. It looked like they were out in the Sahara Desert. Well, uh, that was Scott Dixon in the middle of it as well. One of the championship contenders. I mean, we started the day he had a 29 point lead, a 26 point lead, and now he's got a 29 point lead, and he doesn't even believe it because he was in a pileup in the first lap. How did he come out of that? Well, he he went straight in. Luckily, what happened was it all happened in front of him, but he had to go off track, and he literally came to a standstill 
with his nose in the side of another car and a complete dust bowl. And as the dust cleared, he realized he could get reversed and get going again. And I can't believe it. Uh, I was astounded. And Alexander Rossi, he was leading the race. He was sitting in the catbird seat thinking, hey, I'm going to lead the, win yeah. the race, lead the championship. And then the pit stop strategy blew it all out for him. And he, he was out, to, yeah, he was out doing qualifying laps most of the race and sadly didn't get, didn't get the result. Well, if you saw on the MSNBC coverage today, Coda. It looks like this is official. It looks yeah. like IndyCar is coming to code. It's not official official until Tuesday. Yeah. But they put up the graphic and we're talking about it. And, you know, we knew. We're that on double this... secret probation, are we? Until <laughs> yeah, Tuesday. Exactly. Exactly. No, but it was all over the NBC coverage. We've heard it. We know that the Austin government has, um, you know, put in a uh, uh, sort of look into the appropriation and also the economic um, impact of it, which will be huge. And I think this is a huge win for the Circuit of the Americas, a massive win. This is a game changer. It's like I was saying earlier. This is a game changer having IndyCar at Coda. IndyCar, I mean, you, we talked during the break. You said it. The only racetrack in, well, in the world with F1 with and IndyCar. And it used to be Indianapolis, and of course it was there for many years. But yeah, these are the two biggest single-seater championships in the world, and they are both on the best circuit in the world, which is fantastic news. Which is right over there, right down right the road. Over, right down the road away. I'm you know, looking little, up that way. I can't see it, but it's not far. i tell you what's so important about this. Formula One has been great, uh, but it is, at the end of the day, a foreign entity. And I know it's run by Liberty Media now, and they're trying to change that face by having races in Miami, possibly Vegas, New York, who, who knows? Um, but it, it was a standalone event in America. Mexico joined, but, you know, it's it's Formula One, 21 races around the globe. This is Indy. This is America's top racing series. This is the one that Mario Andretti and Michael Andretti dominated. This is about as big as it gets in American racing. So you can expect... Uh, a huge crowd coming to Austin. Everybody, everywhere I travel to, everybody says, oh, here, Austin's great. So they're going to come out of the woodwork from California, New York, Chicago. I mean, you name it. And throw in Alonzo? Oh, <laughs> I, well, don't, don't start me. And, and that's what makes it, I mean, that's what makes it a really good fit because there is a lot of crossover uh, between the likes of Rossi coming from Formula One, having raced here in Formula One, to Alonzo, of course, who's, who's raced here many times, in Formula One, and now would come here to Indy. So yeah, it's just some great, great stories all the way through. Uh, this is I, I I mean we've heard rumors of IndyCar for months. I mean for years actually. Yeah. And I was really trying not to get too excited, but but you know I can't what the change this. was. Gossip actually. Got, oh yeah. Did yeah. A new, well, explain that. Yeah. So Gossage of Texas yeah, Motor Speedway, Eddie Gossage. Uh, they, he had they the rights. To, he had the rights to the whole state, to the territory, to a, a geographic region, and has the race in June, a night race on a Saturday night at the Texas Motor Speedway. Um, really fantastic. Um, but he got, he basically relinquished those rights and allowed the region to be open. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, well, we have our guest. We are so excited to welcome the winner of today's IndyCar race in Portland, Takuma Sato. Takuma, welcome back to Speed City, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, konnichiwa. I'm so happy for you. Uh, Thank you. Arigato. Arigato. Domo, domo. Tell me, what a race, Takuma. I mean, I've been watching you forever, and I was there at the 500 when you won that. But I can't think you got up this morning and went, oh, I'm starting 20th. I've got this. I know, I know. Um, the 20th isn't necessarily, obviously, excited press. Of course not. But, 
You know, I was actually excited after the qualifier yesterday, although we were a couple of tenths behind the leaders, of course, that we wanted to be on the uh, on the uh, front issue, the position for the qualifier. But I was somewhat satisfied because the car I had was somewhat a kind of good race car feeling. Uh-huh. So, of course, we didn't have a you know sharp speed of the qualifying car, unfortunately. But So we were one and a half tenths not enough speed to be able to promote next stage but you know i i knew be, i could be competitive today and and uh, obviously recent package it's very difficult to overtake not only for the, the, the usually permanent road course it's very overtake difficult to overtake anyway but this is a great opportunity for me to something competing uh, differently because in in the morning a strategy meeting three stops the fastest way three three is is recommended and team doesn't want it to do two stop however I could see there is a potential, so I spoke to my engineer and tried to make it happen. Well, congratulations. It was a brilliant win, and amazingly, you saved your push to pass to hold off Ryan, because that was the other worry, is that he had so much push to pass, but you came through and won it, and uh, I-, I could see the delight on your face. You finally won a road course. You're an ex-Formula <laughs> One guy. What's been happening? <laughs> I know. I know. It's years ago. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, like you said, yeah, the road course, naturally, I feel more comfortable because obviously my background in Europe and everyone, etc. The first time I arrived in IndyCar, it was a shock for the super speedway and showed over. What is happening? The sensation, the speed is nothing like it in the Formula One. It, it, it was a fun, but it was the some time you needed. And of course, I only had a Macau Formula 3 and also Monte Carlo uh, experience. Now, you go to the St. Petersburg, you go to the, the Baltimore, and you name it. It's a long beach. And so much the street course and the difficulty in IndyCar. But I I wanted in long, long Beach and I wanted a super speedway, so it's just a long way around. And then finally, I was able to, to nail it for the uh, road course today. That was so much fun today. Well, Takuma, <laughs> we got to ask you about the big news that's coming on Tuesday. We're in Austin, Texas, home of Circuit of the Americas. I, I don't know what you can say about this, but we are over the top excited about IndyCar. The, it looks like it's happening coming to Austin. Absolutely. I mean, Austin is it looked like one of the uh, the, the latest, the greatest, uh, the spectacle, the uh, the great road course. I mean, we've seen a Formula One race over there, away classes over there. It's just always great to see it. And uh, we all, the IndyCar drivers, all love to go to the Austin. So finally happening. And uh, this is the most exciting thing for next year. Well, Takuma, I know you guys are on a short t- time run today, so we appreciate it. Congratulations. A fantastic win today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you here in Austin. Thank you very much. Domo arigato. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. What a great win for him. You know, he just said it. They're excited. I know the IndyCar guys. I asked Mark Miles, uh, Mark Miles, who is the head of Indy, uh, a few uh, a few years ago when Boston. If you remember, all of this is also this goes all the way back to Boston. Do you remember they were going to hold a race in Boston? Yes. And when that was announced, I interviewed Mark Miles at the time and said, "Where else would you like to expand the franchise to?" Yeah, I remember that. And he that. said, "I'd like to do somewhere warm in the winter." And, and the obvious thought was that they'd be going back to um, Brisbane, back to um, the Gold Coast, yeah, because they used to race in the Gold coast but then he said well you know somewhere somewhere really warm and i said well why don't you come and visit in austin and he just had a wry smile and he goes we'd love that and i think this eddie gossage uh, kind of relinquishment yeah. has allowed this to happen and i think this is exciting for the never mind just for austin for the state of texas to have nascar two indycar races and a formula one race hey man and motor gp we're speed city in austin but i know and then the whole state of texas i mean this is so huge yeah 
Uh, AJ Foyt is based here. We've got teams. Yeah. IMSA teams based in Dallas uh, and in Houston. I mean, it really is, you the know. The ramifications from yeah. this could to go in from the business side. You know, we've had little businesses springing up here left and right. You know, team managers like Tony Calderon and all those guys. But no telling what's going to happen. I'll tell you what, it's great for Bobby Epstein. We saw in the paper this week about uh, the towers they're building, uh, some more, more developments for uh, four towers of yeah, the high, uh, high end condos and uh, really nice um, super car garages. That's going to bring in some revenue. You've got the USL soccer team, you've got Barcelona Academy. Uh, you've got the music venue, which is flying. You've got Formula One, MotoGP, WSC, Trans Am. And now the real pinnacle, I think, because let's face it, we're in America, the number one racing series outside of NASCAR. And there's no need for NASCAR to hear. They're happy on ovals. Uh, and they yeah. continue to be in Dallas. I'll funny enough, on the same weekend as we're doing Formula One. Yeah. That aside, Indy was the next best thing. And I say next best thing because I think it is actually much more suited to the Circuit of the Americas. And I think the drivers, as Tabakuma Sato has just confirmed, are really looking forward to coming to Austin. And you know what? You, you could also have testing. Yep. There's so much. But but the, the whole industry of racing now in Austin, I mean, this this is could actually combined with those condos, I mean, because that's a big project too. These two big pieces of news, this is a just a complete uh, game changer. I don't know what else phrase to use. Far be me not to get ahead of myself, but guys... Fernando Alonso, Scott Dixon, <laughs> Takuma Sato, Alexander Rossi, Santino Ferrucci, get your tickets now for the Circuit <laughs> of the Americas Indy. We don't know the date yet. I don't care. Block out April. <laughs> yeah. Block out the whole of April. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. We got to dig out that footage of Alexander Rossi. Racing <laughs> Coming in here with a catering. <laughs> <laughs> and racing across Crongers Avenue Bridge at, at unknown speeds. Oh, man, this is... Uh, it's I'm, really good news. This is really fantastic news. news. And, you know, um, I also think that Indy has now got their package together where they might well start expanding further afield, too, to places like Japan, Mexico, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, they, they, like the NFL, are looking to franchise themselves out. Um, they did it in years gone by, and it bit them. And I think they wanted to get a stable relationship of good drivers, a good uh, package, which they've got now. Um, fantastic. Yeah. So happy. All right, well, we got to go to break. Thanks for listening to Speed City, and we'll be back after these messages. World Rallycross USA makes its debut at the Circuit of the Americas on September 29th and 30th. The FIA World Rallycross Championship presented by Monster Energy features head-to-head -head short, sharp racing on dirt and asphalt and a mega jump to boot. Experience the thrills, spills and some of the most intense, exciting racing in motorsport. And that's not all. The stars of America's Rallycross will also be competing in their final event featuring Kenny Block, Steve Arpin, Scott Speed and many more. For ticket information, go to worldrxusa.com. worldrxusa.com. MV Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. 
Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Break Lane, just east of I-35. Are you craving an adrenaline rush? Well, get your fix at Dirtfish. Get sideways on one of our race-ready Subaru WRX STIs or Subaru BRZs. Learn advanced car control skills on any surface in any condition. Test your skills on 12 different rally courses across our 315-acre training facility. Get your adrenaline fix by visiting dirtfish.com. Talk 1370. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Andre de Vizioso? Z. He's having a good year this Bugatti. year. He's having a great year. He's having a good year. What's that music? That's Britney, baby. Coming to Austin? Yep. Formula One uh, concert. And Bruno. Is she the Saturday night or is Bruno the Saturday night? I think she's the Sunday night. And he's he's the hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> he's the appetizer and she's the main. There you go. I'll leave it at that. Uh, all right. So ha- Hamilton t- will be there, I'm sure. <laughs> I want to talk silly things. I want to talk silly season in Formula One. It's not like one. you to be silly. <laughs> Uh, we, I had Paul Tarsi on in a previous show and, uh, and we also have all of Paul, Paul Tarsi's clips up on our SoundCloud account. He's a fantastic Formula One historian, but when you did this week's segment with him, he talked silly season. Yes, he did. Um, yeah. And he was saying how, how, you know, this has been quite remarkable silly season compared to many years before, because usually the dominoes fall quickly, but in this season, it seems to be dragging out with Alonso. Ricardo was the first domino to fall, but there's still so much up in the air. Here's what Paul uh, had to say about that. This has been one of the maddest silly seasons that I've ever come across. and We've seen a number of things, which certainly at the beginning of the season, we'd never have predicted. Things like Alonso retiring, uh, that that's, that still started the whole silly season off. Ricardo going to Renault, that was something that nobody would have seen. We've seen some of the people who were very much in the frame for stardom maybe lose a bit of their magic. Uh, Stoffel van Dorn being the obvious one who everybody said, well, you know, here's the, here's the, the, the next big thing. Um, hasn't been, hasn't, uh, hasn't delivered on that at all. And I think, that when the when the music stops, he's going to be quite lucky to still have a seat because there's an awful lot of good people around. Lots of people talking about Lando Norris, who is uh, who is a young hot shoe hot shoe Brit uh, coming in to McLaren and taking over from from uh, Alonso. That we're seeing Charles Leclerc, as we've talked about before, now going to. Alfa Romeo, and that's that's significant uh, because he's very much got one foot in the Ferrari overalls already, and I think that he's going to be be looking at that. I think we're going to see a lot more, Jonathan, of the the way of of the junior teams. I think we're going to see Ferrari junior teams. That it's going to be very interesting to see Honda in the back of a Red Bull because Honda are the only people currently 
who are not running their own car. So if you're Force India or whatever they call themselves today, uh, if, if you're Force India, then you're running a customer engine from Mercedes. If you're Haas, then you're running a customer engine from Ferrari. That force that with Red Bull, you're actually going to see them running what is effectively a works engine. And that is a huge change. So there's lots and lots of rumor. There's lots of excitement. I think that probably the stupid thing is that the silly season is going to be more exciting than the season itself. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It is a good point. I mean, it's been a pretty good season, actually. So with the championship and everything else, some pretty good races. But but yeah, the silly season's crazy. It is. And, and the reason being is that there's some the Force India thing actually has thrown more into question mark than anything else, I think. The Ricardo decision was a big surprise. The Alonso decision wasn't. Um, we knew almost from the start of the season, we have done for several years, that Alonso was probably going to move on. Uh, and I think that Indy 500 showing was... It was the first step. Um, Ricardo was a surprise, but I think a good one. I think uh, today's uh, evidence shows it. I think he'd much prefer to be a factory Renault driver than a customer. Um, and that relationship has soured at Red Bull. And Red Bull uh, will take some time to get Honda up to speed. And I don't think Ricardo had that speed. And I think, frankly, Red Bull are building around Verstappen. That's their choice. They made that choice. Uh, and Ricardo's done the right thing. But Force India... Uh, and they're effectively point Force India team uh, with Perez still very much attached to it because he's the one that took them to administration, leaves Ocon in a very precarious position. And interesting what Tarsi said about um, junior teams because there's a report on Autosport this week from um, uh, in the UK about Wolf questioning the future of the Mercedes junior program given the fact that they've got um, George Russell, They've got Ocon um, and effectively Pascal Verlein, who they who they had on, um, you know, is still a Mercedes junior driver and was a Formula One driver. But there's a lot of talent that they can't find a home for. And Ocon is the obvious one um, because he's in Formula One right now. He's got a lot of experience, but he could be out of a job at Force India because it's not their team anymore. Um, they'd want to keep him, but the Mercedes want him to go somewhere else. Um and what Wolf is saying is that he's he's struggling to kind of they're, they're saying they're putting 80 to 90 million, possibly almost 100 million into their junior team to give drivers an opportunity. And now other manufacturers don't want necessarily to give an Ocon a drive. Ocon's been talked about as possibly as a Haas driver, but he's connected to Mercedes. So a yeah. bit like Lando Norris, you don't want to lend him out when you know full well. I need a whiteboard. You do. But it, but you see my point is yes, yeah, it, you've you've basically got Ferrari and Mercedes dominant and you've got both those teams with young drivers. Um, well, yeah, Zach Brown just brought up that Lando Norris is ready for Formula One. I think he is. And so you know you you're right. There's folks sitting out there. I mean, Lando may have an, an option with uh, Fernando exiting wherever he goes, yeah. whatever he Zach, does. Zach Brown also. I, said, I would, if I would I would actually put. I'll give you a, a 25 cent bet that Lando will be in McLaren next year. And Zach Brown also said that Sergio Perez. Yeah. To McLaren. So, or Ocon. Or Ocon. I, he, well, he did. He, this story is just about him saying that Sergio Perez could end up, that he's on the team's short list is what he said. Sure. So, man. They're, they're, and what about, have you heard rumors about a, a name you might remember? Daniel Kvyat. Yes. <laughs> 
I mean, I thought who he is would... a Ferrari asset, right? Bizarrely, Arriva Bene is uh, has has apparently met. He's with... not saying Arriva Derche, Arriva Bene <laughs> to Daniel Kvyat. He's saying the the opposite of Arriva Derche, whatever that is. So yeah, who, who knows? This silly season is crazy. And of course, I still want to know who's going to partner Alonso in uh, IndyCar. I, Hartley, I like that idea. I, I think I think oh, let's I think start that, that campaign. I think that would be an awesome combination. But you know, we like them both anyway. I just registered uh, Alonso Hartley.com. <laughs> okay, <laughs> to Indy.com. Gotcha. There you go. <laughs> uh, what else? What other stories? Uh, what about uh, Vietnam? Yes, <laughs> obviously we're going to race there. Um, I've got, a, I've got a confession to make. I was the first Western sports crew into Vietnam back in the early 90s. So I've got some background on sports events in Vietnam. Did you do that show with Robin Williams? I did. Yeah, he's going to be the commentator with me. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> um, morning. Good. Yeah, anyway, but um, yeah, no, I, it's, it's been rumored. It's been mooted as a potential Formula One expansion. Uh, I've just seen Thailand expand dramatically in motor racing terms. Malaysia had their go. Singapore, of course, is still going strong. Why not? Uh, it's certainly geographically a good place. It's economically uh, growing, um, you know, um, exponentially at the moment. Um, and I can see it. Hanoi, why not? Um, the Vietnamese are very open to it. I think it, I think the world would love to go to Vietnam. Uh, it is a beautiful country. I have been. And I think, why not? Hey, what about Miami, Les? There's Miami, the latest on Miami. So, uh, yes, they're approved to continue discussions. We knew about that. Well, they've got a contingency headed to Singapore for next week's, for the uh, September 16th race. So uh, they're going to go talk to a city that does this and see what it's like in race form. Are they going to get the same criticism that Austin officials got, remember? Oh, I'm oh sure, they're just certainly. they're just planning a junket where they can all go stay in London. Of course, but, you know... I'll tell you what, they'll open their eyes, because Singapore is one of the most glamorous and amazing yeah. events you'd ever go to. I'll tell you, if Miami go there and go, we've got to live up to this standard, they got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Ah, but, uh, you know, I mean, as, as we said to the mayor, you know, I absolutely love the Art Deco district of Miami. It's not where the race is going to be, but that would be cool if they somehow brought some of that personality into the track area. And I, I tell you night. what, it shows how serious the Miami contingent is because they're doing the right thing. And if you remember, Cody went to Silverstone before they opened and learned a lot from the from the folks at Silverstone about how to run and what to do. A very similar situation for them. Uh, very similar courses in that respect in terms of acreage and parking and so on. And so for these guys to go to Singapore, yeah, I think it'll be an eye-opener. Uh, it's a fantastic event. It's, I went to the first one uh, with a very controversial Alonso win and his <laughs> teammate crashing into the wall, if you remember. What year was that? 2008. Eight. Huh. Well, they def Austin definitely learned a lot and solved the par the parking issues. We don't have them here. No. Uh, the traffic, I should say. Well, the traffic yeah, they, issues. You know, it took them actually paying for some new roads to go in and, and, and deal with yep. it. Yeah, now All if right, you buy boys. an apartment, you won't have to worry about traffic. There you go. There you go. And you have supercar parking. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to wrap it up here, uh, but stay tuned to all of our assets, including our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, Twitter, and Facebook. Because, SoundCloud. Yeah, and SoundCloud. I've put lots of interviews up there because we're going to stay on top of this IndyCar to Austin story and see what happens because that's developing. It could happen this weekend. It could happen Monday, Tuesday. And we're going to try to, you know, we're right here in the thick of it here in Austin. So we're going to try to get. Uh, some of the officials from Coda, maybe Bobby Epstein, get him on the show, talk about this this uh, this race, and maybe even what condo he's got set aside for us out there. So there you go, right, broadcast thanks, booth. Thanks for tuning into Speed City. We will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.